Hello and welcome to Natural Health with CNM, the College of Naturopathic Medicine. I'm your host, Michelle Sanchez. Now, in today's episode, I'm joined by Johan Kellerer, the author of the very enlightening book, Perfume, The Hidden Bane of Your Health. Johan is going to be talking to us about the dangers of perfume and fragrances and how these toxic chemicals can negatively affect health. He'll be giving us an overview of the fragrance industry and explaining the different types of fragrances and how they are manufactured. Johan is going to be sharing his tips and advice on how to avoid fragrances and what you can use instead. Johan founded his UK non-profit association, Perfume.info, in 2017. And at the end of 2019, he published the findings in his book, Perfume, The Hidden Bane of Your Health, to provide information about the dangers of fragrances. His book has proved a huge success and has been translated and published in many countries across the world. Hi, Johan. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, I've read your book and, oh my goodness, fragrances are a very scary thing indeed. So thank you for putting all the information together and sending it out into the world as people really need to know this stuff. And I know this episode is going to be very eye-opening for many people especially as there's this common misconception that fragrances are a good thing as they make things smell nice. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say on the subject. But firstly, though, please can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to write the book and set up Perfume.info? That's actually a very long story, but to keep it short, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of out of necessity. Being aware that Perfume can be very dangerous to one's health and to the ones that you love, your family and friends. I kind of felt obliged to do something against it. Looking around what others do against it and what others have written about it or against it, it did not satisfy me. I thought that is a lack of information about the true cause of this. That's where I then finally decided to write an own book in which I wanted to bring these facts to the whole world, basically. And you mentioned it already that the mm -hmm. book is going to be translated in many languages. Uh, the Spanish version is almost around the corner. The Russian is completed. Chinese is in progress. English and German so far is only out, but... My target is, my purpose is to really get this into the 10 most important languages and make this so known that every person on planet Earth knows about this danger for to create a real safe environment for everybody to have the right and possibility to breathe only clean, fresh air into your lungs, which is the most important element for being healthy. People That's often nice. speak about food or water of course these are important too but number one of importance is definitely the air that we breathe in and this becomes very real if you look at the following thing without food you can go quite a long time think of the people that are fasting on fasting centers the longest i heard of was three months oh, wow. uh, without any food just drinking water um, I myself did, I'm a, I'm a great fan of natural health and natural healing practitioners. Um, and 
the longest fast I ever did was 10 days. And fasting just works miracles if you approach the body in a way that uh, the natural healing power of the body uh, can act. And that's the best thing to do it with fasting. Um, and then if you look at water, water is not um, as easy to be without as food, water maximum seven days, and you probably die of dehydration. But if you look then at air, the air that you breathe, if you are lacking the air that you breathe for just a few minutes, you drop death. So this shows mm -hmm. the importance of air uh, over anything else that the body needs as intake to survive. And as it is with food and water, if it gets spoiled, if there is not clean food or clear water. The same is due for the air that we breathe. If you spoil the quality of the air, the body doesn't like it. The body gets sick thereby. Yeah, and this is yeah. then where I then decided to write the book to make this really known on the whole world on a basis that we can drive back these forces that are pushing perfume on all possible ways uh, onto humans. Mm -hmm. And ha so how did you become aware of the dangers of fragrances? Was it something you read yourself or is it just some information you've accumulated over time? Both is uh, applicable. The first time, you, you know, I grew up in a village in Bavaria at the time where there was uh, not, perfume not a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first time I hit perfume was, um, I think, when I was studying in Munich. And when I probably picked it up from somebody else, who I did read an advertisement about off-the-shave, and I thought I should use that too to be in, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and then I used it for a few days, and then a, a friend, uh, a pretty woman, by the way, and who doesn't believe and who doesn't listen, listen to a beautiful woman, <laughs> she made me aware that this is not good, that this stinks. <laughs> so she must have had very good natural instincts because yes. most, most of the women would say, oh, this smells good, you know. But she yes. told me, she was the first who told me in my life that there is danger with these perfumes because they are made of chemicals. Mm -hmm. And instantly I did throw it away, that bottle that I bought for a lot of money, <laughs> and I was happy that I don't need to buy it anymore. <laughs> it saved me money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then later on, when I, or especially I, I skipped now a few centuries, a few, a few decades in my life, business-wise, I had to travel a lot. And about 10, 15 years ago, it was quite okay to travel and not a danger in regards to health. Uh, by being confronted with poisoned air. But nowadays, if you travel, you enter a taxi, the taxi is perfumed, you enter the airport, the airport lobby, the whole area of the airport is smelling of the chemicals, of cleaning materials. Mm -hmm. uh, then in the airplane, the, imagine 200 people in an airplane on a long distance flight, uh, only every tenth person probably is not perfumed. So you imagine the air that is in that tube 
where you cannot open a window. It's difficult to open a window in, a, in an airplane, you know. And then when you come out of the airplane at the destination location, you go in a hotel. The hotel lobby is perfumed. The bed sheets are perfumed. It's almost impossible to escape perfume. Mm -hmm. And this is where I then decided, so this is it. I have to do something against it. And that's mm -hmm. where I started the research then. Great. Yes. And it's so true. Everywhere you go, you smell, there are smells, aren't they? So whether it's, yes, a perfume or sort of a, some sort of fragrance to make it smell fresh and yeah, yeah so yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So can you please give us a bit of an overview of the history of the perfume industry and like how perfumes and fragrances came to be and now how they've turned into this billion dollar industry? I try to be short because the, <laughs> the history of perfume is a few thousand years old. To cut it short, it started, well, maybe it started even earlier, but history books go back to the Indians. Um, maybe earlier cultures, we don't know anything about it. But it's known that in India, they used perfume and it mainly was managed at that time by the priest case, the Brahmins. They used it probably for to lure people into their churches to, to attract them because it definitely attra is attractive. Uh, imagine the, the hygienic circumstances at that time. Uh, the hygiene was not much in use and people probably mm -hmm. didn't think a lot. And then they came to this places of worship and there was good smell and it was kind of heaven there. Mm -hmm. So that was quite a marketing trick to get people into the church. <laughs> but by, the way, by the way, that marketing is still in use nowadays. I remember um, yes. I, I grew up as a, a Christian and I was raised as a Christian and I actually loved to go to church because of the good smell in there. Incense was in use and still is in use there. And I always was eager to go to the first places, the first rows, because the, the smell of incense was very intensive there and beautiful. <laughs> okay, back to history. Um, let's move forward. In Egypt, ancient times in Egypt, the mummifiers, the priest castes, their job was to mummify a body so that it lasts very long. So they had to work on a body probably a few days, if not a few weeks, and just imagine the smell, the stink that came, comes from a rotten body. So yeah. they were actually in great necessity to do something against it. So they were very inventive. And they probably tested and searched every plant, every flower, how they can extract uh, good senses that they could use to make it smell acceptable for their own survival. <laughs> yes. And then to move again forward, um, in the Western world, it, for a long time, just lavender was known as a perfume, also as an ingredient for um, kitchen. Um, it was not until the Crusades where a big exchange then of culture and technology uh, happened as a side effect to this unlikely or all this unfair and tragic warfare there that happened. Um, they hit a multitude of, in, uh, of uh, perfumes that were used in the Orient. 
And of course, this then traveled on the trade routes to the West. And it was also there, the priest case, the, the Roman Catholic, not, not the Roman Catholic Church, but the Christian Church, uh, where it was used first and foremost, uh, also for the purpose to make the places of worship more attractive to the people. But it soon then spread, of course, to the nobility that they noticed, oh, a nice scent is good and very interesting and sexually attractive, of course. Oh, by the way, let me also uh, go back quick to the Indian um, Kama Sutra. Everybody knows Kama Sutra, mm -hmm. this book about eroticism and uh, sex. And even there, perfume was mentioned. And in, in a way that uh, perfume is attractive, of course perfume is attractive, but it has to be a natural smell. And just imagine the natural smell of a healthy body. It is very, very attractive as opposed to the smell of a sick person. Mm -hmm. um, a good example is also, if you can recall, having once smelled on a baby. A baby is a total new body, total natural, almost no toxins in it. Mm -hmm. And a baby just smells terrific. Yes. And now compare it, may you have had the opportunity once to be with a, an old sick person. That smell is very, very stenchy and not well. So you can see there is a natural smell connected to everybody. And if, let's take a woman or a young man, if they eat naturally and are not in connection with poison or by food or by water or by air, their body will have a natural, very, very good attractive smell. And this is known, and by instinct this is known, and so people then, of course, when they had the opportunity to increase that smell, they were going then more and more into perfume. <clears throat> but I think this is a wrong way, because you are putting up a facade that is not you. And there is very often the situation, not, not very often, it's, it's known that uh, choosing the right partner also depends on how the other partner smells. It's a natural instinct that leads you to the right partner. And if you cover that smell, you can wind up after a few years noticing, oh, this is not the right person for me. That's <laughs> where <laughs> people have been going wrong, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong way, divorce. <clears throat> okay, back to where have you been? I got lost now. Oh, history we are. <laughs> so we were still talking about, like, originally, sort of back in the day, they were using, like, fresh lavender to yeah. as, a, as a scent. So how did we go from kind of fresh lavender yeah, to there. sort of this highly processed chemical fragrance? Yeah. How did we get there? As I said, many, many perfumes came from the Orient to, Orient to the West. And up to there, the perfume industry was still not dangerous because they used uh, natural ingredients only. They were not synthesized. I come back to the word synthesized later because that needs to be defined and explained. Um, they were natural and they were not dangerous. And it was not until alchemy and chemists came in. Mm -hmm. and this was about in the 14th, 15th century, and it started in France. Uh, by then, there was already a perfume industry, but with natural stuff. And the city of Grasse, spelled G-R-A-S-S-E, 
don't know the French pronunciation. Um, became very famous. This is in the southern corner of France, bordering to Italy, and the nature, natural surrounding was so that there was a multitude of flowers and plants growing, which were needed at that time to produce perfume. And then they came the alchemists that found out how they can, sorry, not the alchemists, the chemists. The alchemists still were working with natural ingredients, but they, when the chemists came in, they found out how they can synthesize uh, perfume. And the word synthesize means <clears throat> is you bring two elements together to form a new one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Synthesize is actually the opposite of analyze. Analyze would be you look at a at an element and you find out what are its component parts. And with synthesize, you go the other way. You take this component and this component and this component and bring it together to a new one. Mm -hmm. And this is done nowadays, or from there on it was done with not only the natural things, but with all kinds of stuff, with minerals, with crystals, with that material, these are things that the body doesn't like to have inside the body. This mm -hmm. can create havoc in the body because they're not natural, they're chemical. And nowadays, chemistry evolved to, to a tremendous um, uh, science and they can literally do everything with the molecules. They can break down a sand, they can analyze the sands of a rose, see what the atoms are in it, and then synthesize it with chemical materials mm -hmm. and they even can create a uh, sense that are totally unknown they can of course create every sense that is naturally existing in the world but they can even create sense that are totally new and this is where the great danger starts so this was a turning point in the history of perfume and unfortunately it was not a turning point to the positive but it was a very detrimental negative change in the world of perfume, which creates nowadays tremendous amounts of sicknesses. Yeah, so much to the history. So much, yes, but sort of, it, yes, amazing how it's gone from being sort of natural from plants or flowers to this massively processed, chemically yeah, derived yeah. fragrance. So talk us through the manufacture process. So how, so say for one fragrance, like for example, the rose fragrance that you use, how would that be manufactured and what kinds of chemicals and how or how many chemicals would be used to make that one scent? <clears throat> the number might be shocking. Thousands of <laughs> chemicals are used, thousands of chemicals. And if you buy a perfume, it's not even written on the ingredients and the list of ingredients what is in it. Because sometimes they just use the words perfume or fragrance on the list of ingredients. For example, take a shampoo <clears throat> and just says fragrance. And what's behind it, um, the companies, the perfume industry is not obliged by law to reveal what they have in it because it's under secret. The mm -hmm. formula is secret, it's business secret. So they are exempted from to put everything on the list. And this is one of the problems the lawmakers have to bring this perfume uh, danger under control. Um, so you just name it. I think it would go too far to go into all the chemistry here. And I think 
uh, let's keep to the simple things, not complicated. Mm -hmm. The moment fragrance is on an ingredient list, don't buy it. That's my advice. Just don't buy it. And even if you have to look one hour longer in your search for a shampoo, that's worth doing it. And nowadays, thanks God, it's not so difficult anymore as it was about 10 years ago, <clears throat> because more and more people are awaking and more and more good, well-intended businessmen are awaking and putting out products that are perfume-free. And as to them, the, the process, if you, if you want to go a little bit more into it, how, pro, uh, how perfumes are produced, well, the natural way, earlier there were about four different chemical processes that could extract the fumes out of a natural material. And the one is called enflorage. Another more used uh, technique is destillation, where water is heated up and the flowers are put in, and on this way the fumes, <clears throat> the damps get extracted then, and there you have the, the uh, smell then. Or expression, where you just press <clears throat> like an orange or a lemon, you can get the, the smell out of by extracting and then further little chemical processes. And also a more modern process where you, that is used for natural essence and um, essential oils is extraction, where you use the volatile gases such as butane or ether that takes out or that picks up the volatile sense of these materials and then it's collected in a liquid form again. And now these were the natural ones. The, the chemical ones is a synthetics, as a synthesizing, which I explained before, where they found out what the molecular structure of this is, of uh, smells are, and nowadays they can literally formulate everything chemically with a synthesis. Okay, so what, so what you're saying is those other, so um, the sort of distillation and those other methods that you talked about, that is to make what a more natural fragrance. Yes, yeah. Essential oils are still made that way. This is by distillation, expression, or extraction. The first one that I used that was used in this movie, this is the oldest one. It's the most tricky one and the most arduous one. Um, so distillation, expression, and extraction are the normal ones by which uh, essential oils are made or by which, which natural scents are, are gotten. By the way, it takes an enormous amount of the petals, for example, of roses to get the rose scent into a liquid. And the mm -hmm. ratio is about, in roses, I think it needs one, but to get one kilogram of of uh, liquid rose uh, scent, it takes about four tons of these roses. Wow. It's about a thousand, thousand times, four thousand times more in weight you need for of these natural things to get out. Mm -hmm. uh, one element of them, uh, one unit of the smell. Yeah. Okay, so hence why they're making synthetic ones because it's a lot cheaper and a lot quicker. I yes, imagine. good that you mentioned that. This yes. is of course costly, costly and arduous and a long process. And with 
the chemical thing, it's just a micro per second and they make it much cheaper, but they sell it for much, much more money. <laughs> yes. It's, um, yeah. as, as I mentioned in my book, actually on the subtitle, it says, the insidious billion dollar business of beauty, sex and chemicals that cost yeah. your health and money. It's really a billion dollar business for this industry. And it's a very bad industry because the creation is in the lost end, sickness and death, a premature death. Yes, no, absolutely. So, um, so the, these sort of synthesized chemicals, what you're saying is that they use like two to 3,000 chemicals per cent. Would that be right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's amazing. Yeah. It's quite scary, really. Um, so now talk us through some of the dangers of the fragrances and also where might we find fragrances other than your kind of perfumes and sprays. What are the products will we, that we can find in our household where we yes. would have a fragrance? I can uh, tell a story about this. That It took me quite some months, if not years, to really eradicate every source of perfume. I would actually call it perfume traps because uh, there are this perfume in things that you don't even have noticed since years. Uh, the last source of perfume that I had to get out to throw out of my house was in candles. Mm, uh, go into a candle one. store nowadays and see where you can find a candle that is not perfumed. You might find one in the far corner. And all of the thousand or all of the hundred candles sorts that are in the shop may be about. 3% are, can, are perfume free. All others are, are, have some chemical sense in, in them. So, um, other sources, of course, it starts with body care stuff like soaps, shampoos, conditioners, hairsprays, deo sprays, air cleaners. There's a lot of stuff that is in the house. And it goes on with detergents, softeners in your laundry. Or, uh, when it comes to beauty industry, uh, lipsticks, even in lipstick, I mean, why do you use, what sense does perfume make in lipsticks? But there is hardly any lipstick that does not have perfume mm, in it. Very true. Skin creams, sun protection creams. Why would you use, when you go onto the beach, a perfumed sun protection cream? It just doesn't make sense. But the perfume industry did a real great job with marketing. They have conquered almost every nook and corner of your life nowadays. Mm -hmm. Makeups, nail varnish. I wanted to mention nail varnish and nail varnish remover. They are not really perfumed, but they have chemicals in them that are volatile, volatile, so they float into the air. This is like when you paint, when you paint the room, be very careful because Though this is not chemical, uh, these are not perfumes, but there are chemicals that float into the air, and they have the same effect, bad effect on your health than the perfume chemicals. I come back to that later, maybe to also highlight this how, what what it does in the body. But let's stick to the sources. It goes on in the car. Hardly any taxi has a, not a scent tree in it, uh, or a scent spender in the car. And the perfume, the car industry itself is trying to find more and more ways to perfume a car. Or, <clears throat> well, as mentioned already, uh, airports or hotels, or when you go shopping, this is also worth uh, mentioning, shopping malls. When you enter a shopping mall, sometimes, for me, it hits me like a wall. 
uh, changing wall from fresh clean air outside and then hitting the wall of perfumed air it can be extremely strong in some modes uh, also here the marketing psychologist did make a perfect job a negative perfect job with all the mall owners to make them believe they must perfume for to attract the customers for to make mm. it more comfortable for the customers to stay longer or to buy more this is just a ridiculous lie it may at the first moment look attractive but on the long run it makes the person sick and the shop owners of malls should know that first people they endanger with perfumed shops are their own employees not just their clients mm -hmm. yeah and working in such an environment day and night <clears throat> and 30 or 40 years of a daily doses uh, the higher the doses of course the earlier you are liable to get cancer and then they are not very pleasant death definitely a mm. premature death yeah, so much to the sources. I, I would such uh, I can recommend here the checklists that I did write in my book. I did write them really out of necessity because it's very tricky to get a perfume-free household. And following that checklist, that gives you a, as I would say, a ninety-five percent chance to get rid of perfume on one day in your house. Yes, and that we will put a link to that because I think that's key, isn't it? Because I think so many people will not be aware of, as you say, like things like lipstick and nail varnish that do have these smells. Um, yeah, yeah. And it will be the little things, even in like toothpaste as well. There's a smell, isn't there? So the minty smell. So it's, yes, uh, this is this is a natural smell in the in the toothpaste. I hope so. I haven't checked that. <laughs> Could <laughs> you tell me this? <laughs> you see, even I sometimes hit sources that I wasn't aware of before. This is so tricky and so insidious, very insidious. Yes. Well, that can be version two of the book. You can yes. add in uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the toothpaste. Well. But it's so true. Like if you walk through the duty-free gosh the smells of that and for some people they will quite like that perfume but for me it's like you feel like you're being assaulted really with all these different smells and I, I do think I often think about the people working in there do they just not feel so ill at the end of the day because it's it's not even a little bit it's an overpowering amount of perfume just like yes, they're breathing yeah. constantly and it's not it doesn't smell nice well not in my opinion anyway so yeah this is an actually interesting point let me say something to this most people think and really feel so like it smells good but this is a very bad indicator because this means that your instincts are already overthrown oh, okay. out of order out of order a person that has is fully healthy that hasn't lived anywhere else but in the world let's say for the last two years and that person, even if it, that person was earlier in perfumes, when it comes out from the wood and gets hit by perfume, it instantly will be repelled because the instincts warn you against this. Mm. Unfortunately, the instincts in our body are wrecked the following way. They first give you a warning, but then if you don't listen to the warning, they might give you a second warning, it doesn't smell good, go away from there. And may give even a third warning after a few minutes. Go away, run away from there. It's dangerous here. And if you don't listen to this, the instinct then get, th starts to think, ah, okay, maybe, maybe I work here in vain or nobody listens to me and shuts down. 
mm. will not warn you anymore. So being repelled by the smell of a chemical smell is a natural instinct reaction of your body. If you don't listen to that, the instinct will shut down and will not protect you anymore. You can revert that in your life. Let's say if you stop now using perfume and you clean your house totally out of every perfume trap and will have lived about, let's say, two, three, four months perfume-free, preferably <clears throat> you make holiday or take off on a walk in the wood and forest and or on the beach, your instincts will come back. And then when you smell the perfume, the instincts will warn you again, and then you will see the difference, which is a clear evidence that perfume chemical smells are really dangerous to your body. Mm, that's a really interesting point. And it's so, because a friend of mine, she has all these air freshener plugins all over her house and different smelly things in every single room. And if I stay over her house, I honestly... It doesn't make me feel good. And I hate to say yeah, that, but yeah. it's like, um, I say to her, you've got too many of these things everywhere. How can you not? But for her, they smell good and she like doesn't like her house to smell bad, clearly. But it's like, I'm like, oh, I feel ill and I get a headache. And it's, yeah, I feel like I can't breathe. All I can smell yeah, is yeah, overpowering yeah. fumes. My, my, a big compliment to you because you must have lived a healthy life. Your instincts are good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, me! <laughs> but yes, that's so interesting that you say that. And I think, um, yeah, sometimes people not necessarily used to feeling good or, you know, they, you know, or, or their health is, a, you know, under par or whatever. So for them, it's just they're not noticing these things. Yeah. But I'm, I imagine for people listening, once you've said that, they might sort of take a bit of a note of that. And if they do develop a headache or feel a bit funny, then maybe they think, oh, is it because there's a funny smell in here or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you talk to us about, you've touched on the dangers of fragrances in terms of they can cause certain cancers. Can you talk about some of the other health issues that fragrances can cause? Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to say also now, because you mentioned headache, uh, how headache can come about very easily with perfume. Um, but let's start from the inroads of perfume into the body. Let's see how this is, in essence, a real sickening trap. And let's call the culprit perfume particles. These are aerosols. Aerosols are very, very tiny particles that are so tiny that they float into the air, in the air, and you don't even see them. They're so tiny. So these perfume particles are so tiny that you even cannot see one of them, even there are a few millions in the room. So tiny that they can pass through the pores of your skin from where they enter the bloodstream. Or in case of a deal, you spray them under your armpit or you roll them under your armpit from where or where the pores of your body are wide open. So the largest pores we have under the armpit, uh, they are normally used to throw out poisons, but of course it can also go the other way. And deodorants can be very, very quickly and a large amount enter the body via your armpit. 
Um, and from there, they, enter, they don't enter the bloodstream from there, but they enter directly the lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system is a similar system like the bloodstream system. Very, very important to the body. And further on, they are so tiny, unlike smoke particles of cigarettes. Smoke particles of cigarettes get most of them caught in the lung, because they're much larger than perfume particles. Um, but perfume particles are so small that they can pass through the lung and enter the bloodstream. So, and from the bloodstream or the lymphatic system, they can reach and do reach every cell of the body. And even more, so tiny that they even can pass the blood-brain barrier. The blood-brain barrier is a kind of a security system of the body that lets only the minute and most smallest particle on the, the real needed elements in the brain enter the brain. And perfume particles are not blocked by the blood-brain barrier. And that's why a headache is a very, <laughs> a very good reaction because it shows your instincts are work and they signal the headache. Mm. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> after a few seconds, after breathing them in, because the bloodstream is very quick, the, the, the heart pumps the blood at a high pressure, and within seconds or minutes, or within seconds uh, in all parts of the body, so after a few seconds, you breathe perfume. You can have it, and most certainly you have it in your body and in your brain. And uh, now let's also look what they then do from their inside. That's important. Um, it goes to every cell. What is a cell? A cell can best be defined by comparing it to a chemical industrial plant. A chemical industrial plant takes this and that and that mineral and produces this and that mineral or that element. The same is due to the, every cell in our body. Every cell in our body has a certain function. It puts out hormones, it puts out this, it puts out that. Uh, and it needs for the make this output, it needs certain input. And it definitely does not need perfume particles as an input, quite the opposite. These perfume particles bring an element into the cells which cause them to malfunction. And this is then the great tragedy in it, and that's where the source of all problems with perfume start. Um, <clears throat> and one malfunction can be corrected the next day, but if, it, if the cells are constantly hit by perfume, day after day after day after day, then, as I said already before in a short notice, um, I'm absolutely sure that 20, 30, 40 years after being hit daily with perfume, you are likely to die of cancer. And this is one the largest source of cancer in our society as to my research. Wow, Johan, that is really, it is quite scary, uh, fragrances, because yeah, it can call up. Yeah, yeah cause a whole host of problems in the body and even lead to sort of, yeah, chronic illnesses and diseases like cancer. So, so what are the most dangerous sources of fragrances? Like what products should we really be avoiding? Well, I think the following two are the ones that are most dangerous, and this is shampoos. 
may it be your own shampoo or the one that you got in the hair saloon, and mm -hmm. soften us in your laundry. Because if you have shampoo in your hair, that perfume cloud is around you and very near to your nose for 10, 15, 20 hours. And if yes. you then add perfume detergent, or if you even add softeners, and softeners is even, by the way, much, much more perfume in it than in detergents. If you then sleep the night in that perfumed bed sheets, you have an additional load of perfume around your nose. And this makes sure, just these two things, shampoo and softeners, make sure that you are hit 24 hours every day with perfume. So these are the main danger, most dangerous sources, as what I found out. Yeah, and they've got that those they're called phthalates, aren't they? So the phthalates are what help the fragrance cling to either your clothes or to your hair or to your skin. So um, yeah, trying to avoid products that have got those phthalates is, I think, really key yes. as well. Uh, yes, you mentioned that. That's good because uh, sometimes it takes weeks to get the perfume chemicals out of a carpet or a rug or a certain uh, coat or whatever uh, because yes. these chemical perfume things clinch much stronger than natural smells natural smell goes yeah. quickly away dissolves yeah. very quickly but these things just cling for months sometimes in in uh, 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 an environment Absolutely. So, Johan, can you just please explain the term like a natural fragrance and what what do they mean and are they a better alternative? I think I need to explain the word greenwashing because that's a rather new term. Greenwashing basically means when companies uh, in their marketing say this and that, environmentally friendly, healthy, not toxic, etc. But behind the facade, they still use these toxic products or ingredients. And uh, without mentioning our companies, but all around the world, there are companies that claim to be this and that, but they are not really. So I really, it's up to the consumer to be careful and choose the right product by looking at the list of ingredients. Uh, because it's not always in it, what's on it. So be careful uh, to look really for... Um, that the words fragrances and perfumes are not on the ingredients list. Mm -hmm. And even then, I also have to mention the following. The reason why they put in perfume into detergents in the first place is because if you make detergents on a cheap way, it still does washing and cleaning things, but it stinks because these washing powders, these detergents are kind of chemicals themselves and they have a certain unpleasant smell and that's why the the detergent industry of course applies perfume so to overlay this bad smell but you have then double the problem because you get the poisonous stuff from the detergent and the poisonous stuff from the uh, perfume however detergent can be made in a way that it does not stink dangerously but of course, it is still a bit more costly, and but it's worth investing in health, and it's worth investing uh, 
in good products for your own sake and the sake of your family. So I suggest really be careful. Um, look at what you buy, search a bit longer. If you don't find a shop in your environment that has um, good, clean products, go to the web. Thanks God, uh, online there are quite some good companies that uh, produce real good product, uh, real good perfume-free products. Okay, so that so that would be one of the tips for people yeah. in terms of how yeah. to, how can we go fragrance free? Because that was going to be my next question. So we've really got to be looking at the label. So not just picking up the product. We need to we do this with food. So we need to start doing this with all of the household products or our personal yes. care products. We need to look on the back, look at the ingredients, and looking for anything that's got fragrance or these kind of like chemicals, anything yes. that sounds chemically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and what what so what are the alternatives? Go for like fragrance free, or should we be looking things with like natural essential oils, or should we be getting back to basics like and using vinegar and things like that for cleaning? What what should we be doing? My suggestion would really be your last um, suggestion: going totally natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you do not need to make your own perfume or your own fragrance or whatever um, you you actually have your own perfume scent you every person has as i mentioned before has already on the body the actual natural smell that is exactly your smell uh, so for your body you do not need to have anything else except of course Natural food, natural water, good, healthy uh, living uh, um, style. This creates automatically the best possible smell for your body. So for your body, you do not need anything else. And for your household, of course, vinegar or, as I said before, there are companies out there that are producing really good cleaning materials that are perfume-free. You just need to search, and it's worth the search. Um, and the health of your body will be the price that you get then for living a natural, healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. And you've got a lot of tips in your book as well, haven't you? And uh, advice of where people can look for these things, uh, the natural cleaning products. If I may make advertisement for my book, all the data that you need to create for yourself a real clean, healthy environment in regards to the air that you breathe, which is number one importance of your life, you'll find in that book. Yes, absolutely. So, Johan, what's next for Perfume.info? Will you be writing another book or do you have any initiatives or projects on the horizon? Uh, Well, as to Perfume, that book tells it all. I don't think that they will write a second book about Perfume, but... It's an interesting question that you asked because in the framework of the reach for the perfume uh, data, I did hit quite some interesting aspects as to the different medicine systems that are currently here on planet Earth. They range from traditional Chinese medicine or traditional Indian medicine, which is Ayurvedic, or and a bridge over then to 
what we have now in the Western society known as allopathy uh, medicine, I think, which is taught at our universities. And I'm very disappointed with the result that our current medicine here brings forward to our society. And just by the fact, just by the only single fact that they don't shout out loud against perfume, which is a tremendous source of sickness. This medicine that only treats the symptoms, but not the causes. So mm -hmm. I need to do some further research and I might then write the book. It's not fully decided, but this might be an interesting subject because um, this needs to be made known broadly also. Uh, wow. There is lack, lack, lack of knowledge uh, in the society uh, mm -hmm. about what's really a science and what's pretending to be a science. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like a very interesting project. So we will keep an eye out for that, Johan. Thank okay. you so much for sharing all your knowledge today and your wealth of wisdom. You know, it's been really educational, really eye-opening, and I think a lot of people will um, be, yes, chucking all those fragrance products away in the bin um, yeah. and opening the windows <laughs> and getting the fresh air in, for sure. Exactly. Thank you, Michelle. It was, was a pleasure for me to talk with you. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening and a big thank you to Johan for sharing his wisdom with us. You can find all the information discussed today and more about Johan in the show notes on the CNM website at www.cnmpodcast.com. We'll provide a link to the article we wrote recently about the dangers of fragrances and to Johan's book so you can check that out for more information. If you're interested in learning more about nutrition, herbal medicine or naturopathy, check out CNM's range of short courses and diplomas. We have a series of open events coming up and you can find all the details on the CNM website at www.naturopathy-uk.com. Join us again next week when I talk to nutritional therapist Mays Al-Ali about how to manage sugar cravings and how blood sugar regulation relates to weight management, stress and hormonal health. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe through your favorite podcatcher so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review as this helps us when creating new content.